Hey y'all, this is Greg Rice. I'm an EdTech teacher in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm in the non-combat division of the EdTech Army. Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, Take a risk and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the podcast by the Sons of Technology. We are here in the Sons of Technology Clubhouse, and we are super excited to be here to talk with you today. Today, since the beginning of the school year has gotten underway, the dust has settled, you're in your classroom, we're going to talk a little bit about teacher induction. We're going to talk about those the newcoming teachers coming in. How do we get them to, to uh, love their campus? How do we get them involved with the rest of the teachers on the campus and how does a district go about bringing them into the fold bringing them up to speed with all the technology that's being used but also encouraging them to innovate and and, and be somebody that is willing to try things that are new uh, so we're here in the clubhouse with you know some of our great members as always uh, i'm going to introduce myself my name is joe marquez i'm an educator out of the central valley of california and if you'd like you can follow me on the twitters at joe marquez seven zero I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to my partner in crime, Kyle. Kyle, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Kyle Anderson in beautiful northern Nevada, Reno, Carson City area. I am a special education teacher. You can find me on Twitter at AndersonEdTech and my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. And I will make just a quick announcement. The book is in editing phase now, so we're talking that within the next few months. I'm going to be really plugging that thing, and it's going to be out here very, very soon. So really excited about that. And we also have our good friend, Corey, here today as well. Corey, how are we doing? Hey, doing good. Man, I can't wait to read that book of yours. Thank That's you. Be exciting. Uh, I'm Corey Coble. I am a seventh grade science teacher up in Northern California in the Sacramento Roseville area. And you can find me on Twitter at CVR Science 7. Excellent. You know, this, you know, we have been here around the table for I, I think it's a little over, uh, you know, a half a year now, over six months. And we've had some really great discussions about, about education and, and how we as educators uh, would, would make differences and we'd make changes. But we're veteran educators, right? We've been, we've been teaching uh, in, in a district or, or in the system for, for quite a while now. And we have seen many new teachers come through. Uh, we've seen many new teachers come and go. Um, and we've seen many new teachers uh, get inducted into a district. And, and induction is a very important part of a teacher's career, right? What, one, of the, one of the things that I always say is, is, is uh, you know, first use inspires future use, right? And we usually we talk about a tool or a technology when we talk about this. But, it, but it's also the experiences you have within a district. You know, when, it, when a district starts off and, and they're recruiting teachers and they want to keep them in and they want to make them feel like they belong, induction is an incredibly important key. But I want to hear about induction that we've experienced and that, that um, other teachers have seen. And, and here's the big thing. If we ruled the world, what would induction look like for us? What, how would we plan the induction? Right. And, and to me, induction should be like a conference a little bit. Right. Teachers have a little bit of choice of where to go. Um, here, maybe these sessions they have to go to. But choice is key to me. So I think that's what I really, really, really kind of want to talk about. But maybe we can start by explaining what induction was for us. And I know for some of us, it was a quite a while ago. Right. Ten plus <laughs> years ago, that induction occurred. But I, I want to hear from us about how, how induction occurred for us. And have we seen any change? because of the um, infiltration of technology within the classroom. Uh, so, Corey, yeah. I, I, I want to go to you uh, because you've probably seen a lot of teachers come and go, seen a lot yes. of teachers uh, enter and then grow and become phenomenal teachers. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would like to hear about your experiences with uh, the induction process of, of the teachers and, and, and the way you feel about it. Yeah, so, I mean, 28 years ago, uh, first job in a district and uh, – uh, got hired on as a temporary teacher, so they really didn't, you know, push a lot of uh, stuff on me because they 
kind of knew I wasn't probably going to be staying long. Um, it was like a 30 day contract and, uh, you know, it was, it was tough. Um, they actually let me go after 30 days cause they didn't have enough enrollment. And, uh, so I kind of like went around doing long-term subbing. So, uh, my first year was just a hodgepodge of a bunch of different things, which actually wasn't a bad thing. Like I, I got to experience a lot of different classrooms and a lot of different, um, students, grade levels, things like that. So, um, I actually kind of look back on that going now, Hey, that wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. It kind of sucked when they said you can't have a job anymore, but I got a chance to experience uh, TK, um, for half a year, um, third grade, fourth grade, you know, different uh, stuff like that. Um, but I think my first full year as a probationary teacher, um, I didn't get a lot. I really didn't. Um, you know, we had our typical in-service days. Um, nobody really was like a mentor to me. And I think I really missed that my first like two or three years of teaching. Um, there was no mentorship. Uh, technology was just getting started. So I kind of did everything on my own. Um, as I always loved technology, I always had a computer when I was growing up in high school, um, when they first came out, um, you know, the first Mac pluses and stuff like that. And so I actually would bring my own computer into class and just try things out, uh, with the students and, uh, things like that. So I, I think, uh, you know, the old way of doing things was really tough on the individual teacher. Um, I think nowadays our induction process is so much better. I mean, you get those you know, teachers coming in, um, they um, are being mentored by other people, by their teachers. Um, they get experience some stuff. I love your idea about, uh, you know, kind of a conference style induction time where they get to choose some things and find out what you like and, uh, you know, go to this teacher and see what they're doing in their classroom. And, oh, hey, we got this teacher over here is doing some great things with this different technology and just discover stuff. Um, I wish I had that opportunity, you know, 28 years ago just to discover things. I did it on my own. Excellent. Discovery is key, right? I mean, in the classroom for students, you don't want to give the students all the information. You want them to discover answers on their own. Yeah. And I think kind of induction for teachers should kind of be the same way. But but I understand that districts do need to give protocols and, and give information about where to find things and how to report things and stuff like that. That's completely understandable. Oh, yeah. But But the experience should be that of discovery or yeah. what ifs, or, you know, kind of have, 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 uh, I would say not bring in external speakers, have people from the district come in and give stories of encouragement. Like mm -hmm. when I was starting, this happened and now this is what I'm doing. That's what I would love to see. Kyle, I want to hear about your experience and in, in your induction, because you, you left the district and you joined a new one. Did you have to do a new induction with this new district or were they like, ah, you're, 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 you know, you're a solid teacher. We're just going to go and let you slide into a classroom. I did have to do a new induction, but um, there were certain things I didn't have to do because I was a veteran teacher. But so I'll talk a little bit about my first induction that I did 15 years ago, and, and then I'll, I'll touch on my most recent one here a little bit. So um, I remember it, believe it or not, it actually being too much for the induction phase. There was when I got hired on, there's you, you got to be there two weeks ahead of when teachers report uh, for the first day, that three days before school starts. So, which I understood that there's, I'm brand new. I'm going to need that kind of stuff. Well, and because the district I was in was so massive, there was something like to the tune of 3,000 new teachers coming into mm. this district. So our first thing was, it was at the Cox Pavilion, which is a smaller arena connected to the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. So it was essentially a basketball arena where all all the new teachers were in there. And we had there was a couple different speakers. And then the main keynote speaker was Harry Wong, where he come out and talk to all of us to try to, you know, kick things off and inspire our induction program. And then from there. We went to our individual sites over the course of the next week and a half where we had different breakout sessions on a lot of different things. And I honestly don't remember a lot of that stuff because it was right after I had moved. I had come from my little town 2,000 miles away and I'm in Las Vegas now and I'm just really overwhelmed with that. So I don't remember a lot of that part. What I remember after that was we were required every month to go on like a Tuesday night for a three and a half hour training. And the the thing I remember about those was that I don't want to use the word degrading, but at the same time though, it was very juvenile in nature. 
I, I remember sitting in those sessions where when we would do an activity and they wanted to bring us back together, they would do the whole thing where clap twice, you know, and then, then the teachers had to do it too. And then the person leading it would do, okay, now let's, let's go five, four, okay. three. It was, it was the countdown. So it was like we were first graders. And I just remember feeling like, like I said, degraded by that whole thing. Well, and then there was four different Saturdays throughout that first year too, that where we had to go for a full day where you got to pick your session. So the whole having some choice conference style was definitely there. But then I remember the sessions being a lot of where it wasn't very innovative. It was a lot of sit and get. Um, and I don't even really remember people using any sort of technology to try to prevent, uh, present anything or to inspire you to try some different stuff. It was a lot of transparencies or somebody just standing there and talking. So I don't really remember getting a lot out of my induction program. And again, I felt like it was a lot. It was, it was a deal where I felt that on a Tuesday night, uh, in the middle of the school year, I would have been better served having time where I go somewhere to talk about planning. And that wasn't the case. It was, uh, it was something, like I said, I, I, I was very resentful for a lot of that stuff. But then when I moved to my new district, um, in Northern Nevada, I had to do the induction again because I was new to the district, and and that was it was beneficial because you know policies are different district to district. So, but this time around, I felt that it was better structured. Maybe it's because it was a smaller district. Maybe it's because it's it was thirteen years later, whatever the case may be. But this one had a lot of different things on district policies, and then there was a full day where it was about technology integration, and I actually. This year, I worked to help present that session. So I had to go to it a year ago, and then this year I was helping present that session on helping new teachers with technology and some different choices. And then some of the district technology tools that we use, like the grade book, we, we would spend a little bit of time showing teachers that stuff, which that was something that we didn't have. Like you just, for, you got to your school that when I was a brand new teacher, like here's your grade book, here's your attendance program. If you got any questions, ask your mentor. And the mentor kind of deal wasn't, it wasn't anything official. It was somebody that was across the hall from your next door or whatever. And they would just every now and then, hey, how you doing? You got any questions? There, there wasn't any actual mentoring going on. And don't get me wrong, my mentor is still one of my best friends, my friend Allison Levy. So she became a really good friend of mine, but um, she was, she, I remember even her telling me, I'm your mentor. I'm not really sure what that is. So I'll just check and make sure you're okay every now and then. So, but uh, yeah, so it was definitely a different experience in the two different places. And, um, but both of them could be improved in my opinion. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, the, the, I, I love to hear this because, you know, it shows that you, you, the induction process is completely different. Across the United States, right across California, across Nevada, across the United States, and so a lot of teachers are getting these different experiences in induction. And and I don't I don't want to just talk about induction for just new teachers, right? Because sometimes teachers who have been teaching a while, the the pre-service days, you know, you you kind of need to be reinvigorated as well, right? You don't want to show up and just you know just ha have to do all this mundane things after the summer just to get ready for the school because Kyle, I think you hit right on the head. I think that collaboration and that planning with your team is probably some of the most important part of a pre-service and induction that needs to happen. And like, like I, I really hope that in a lot of these districts that induction is happening before those pre-service days only because, you know, these new teachers need to be a part of that team building process. The, 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 the school you work at, you need to be a part of that group, part of that team to, to kind of give your two cents in there. But I know a lot of new teachers feel like, you know, I'm new. These teachers are veteran teachers. My, my opinion doesn't matter. Or, you know, I'm just going to, you know, go with the flow for the first couple of years with what this team does. And then I'll make some changes. Because when, when I first started teaching, I, I'll, I'll tell you the, the God's honest truth. I do not remember induction. And, and, I, I, and I think it's because, you know, I got hired actually two months into the school year. Um, uh, while I was still doing my, uh, my, my teacher credential program. And so I, I do, I do remember my school saying, you know, you're, you're, you're coming in halfway through or two, two, two months in. Um, so you're just going to be with, uh, you know, uh, this teacher, he's going to be your mentor. And, um, 
the Fr- Fresno State, which is where I got my credential from, Fresno State said, um, you can actually be your own mentor for this year. I'm like, I could be my own mentor. I don't know what that means. I, I don't even I don't even know if I if, if I deserve to be, you know, an adult in this room of eighth grade students, let alone be my own mentor. But it, it was a different situation. Um, and then the next year I wasn't part of the induction process because I'd already been teaching. And so I, I didn't really get that induction to begin with. So my, my big experience with being being a new teacher was really the bits of program. Right. And, and, and I think going into it, I was a little biased of the bits of program to begin with because the, the teacher that I took over for, um, I was actually a student teacher, um, for a semester. And he kept saying to me, he kept saying, man, the worst thing about starting off teaching is the bits of program, the worst thing, the worst thing. And he had a bias of it because he came from Canada and he'd been teaching there for about 10 years. And when he came to California, he had a, they treated him like a brand new teacher. So he hated it. He hated it. He hated it. And when I started doing this bits of program, it was a lot of busy work, right? Fill this form out, fill this out, do all your TPs and all. It was, it was kind of ridiculous just for that fact. And so my big induction into, into my school was the planning process, was meeting with my team members, was throwing out ideas of what could happen with the technology that we had in the classroom. And so I think that collaboration portion is incredibly important. And we have to remember that these new teachers coming in, even though they they may be novice at teaching in the classroom, they're still most likely experts in coming up with great ideas of, of what can change the classroom. In fact, yesterday I actually uh, I actually taught a class at Fresno State um, of t- of new teachers coming into the profession. So they're just about to graduate the uh, credentialing program. They're already doing their student teaching in classes, and and I'm I'm showing them all the innovative ways that technology can be used in the classroom. And these students, you know, they know because they're you know they're they're still younger. They know what a bad classroom feels like. And that's how I start everything out. I go, think about your high school experience. Think about your college experience. Think about those classes that you were super bored in and don't do it that way, right? Do it completely different because that's what our kids are looking for. And so even though we have these new inducted teachers coming in, we can't treat them as novices in learning because they actually have a better mindset of what bad learning looks like because they've experienced it in a closer fashion. What do you guys think about that idea? I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, these new teachers coming in have such a great, like, wide open eyes. They're really ex- good experience in as a student. And then all you have to do is just explain to them, hey, look, you know, you've had some good experiences, bad experiences. Let's figure out which ones you want to be. Um, you know, let's not do it the same way we've always done it before. I mean, I think that's the most dangerous thing to say to a new teacher is like, hey, this is the way we've done it. You always do this worksheet. You always do it this way. Uh, this is what's worked before. Um, these new teachers coming in, they they need to um, feel like they're a part of something uh, and make changes. Uh, I don't think we should treat them like, oh, you're such a new novice, rookie. Whatever. No, you have some great experiences. Um, it may not be in front of the classroom, but maybe out in the actual seats. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, and Kyle, I, I'd like to to get your 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 idea on this because a, a lot of educators, when they when they are inducted into a school district, when they're brand new, they are given a mentor teacher, right? Um, and 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 a lot of times the mentor teacher is a, a more veteran teacher. Um, I had the idea of not only have a mentor teacher who's a veteran teacher, understands the policies, understands the curriculum, but have a, a, a just finished inducted teacher, maybe a two-year in teacher as well, because they're going to have the perspective of what was difficult, what they can go through. I think you need those two perspectives in there. So you have two mentors, one veteran, one newbie-ish um, in there to, to really round out what can be possible, because I think you're right. The idea that a lot of these new teachers come in, that you hear, te- you hear people say, hey, you know, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, uh, the teachers aren't doing anything bad about this. They're not doing anything, you know, 
uh, nefarious about it. But what they say is, here, I'm going to give you everything I have, which is what we always encourage. And they say, don't reinvent the wheel. Here, just here, you know, it's your first year. There's no reason to stress out. Here's everything that we do. Just follow this and you'll be okay. And sometimes I think that can be a hindrance because you're giving them a crutch already. And then maybe next year they just use the same thing and use the same thing. And I, I think that kind of hinders innovation a little bit. Um, I, I, sometimes I think trial by fire really helps novice teachers grow up. I don't want to say grow up because they're already adults, but but you know, get to a point of 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 being uh, okay with innovating faster, being being okay with the point of I don't know what I'm doing, and that's okay because as long as I understand my content and I understand how to connect with kids, I'm gonna be good within the classroom. What, what are your what are your thoughts on that? On adding maybe a a, a more a newer teacher in the mix of mentors uh, during this induction process. That's a really good idea because you're right. You get veteran teachers that have been in the game then for a long time. And I don't want to use the term out of touch, but I mean, it almost is out of touch. I mean, just the person that's across the hall from me right now is a third year teacher and he's 27 years old. And I have a hard time talking to him because I'm 10 years older than him and I just, I'm a different generation and you know, the stuff that he's interested in, I'm kind of old man, get off my lawn with and whatever. <laughs> and, and having somebody like, like say, for example, if I'm the mentor with the newbies coming in, I'm going to be a little bit out of touch with, with those newbies that are coming in. So having that person like the, the, the gentleman across the hall for me, if the two of us were mentoring a newbie coming in, it would make a lot of sense where I have ideas about certain things he might be able to piggyback or have own his own ideas and that this newbie then would have the opportunity to grow at a better rate than say the three of us were able to because when I went in like I said I didn't really have a mentor well then so the people that were really the mentors to me were the people in the social studies department around me and frankly nothing against them as people but as teachers, they were the status quo. I've always done this kind of deal. And a couple of them, frankly, were just so incredibly negative that it kind of rubs off on you. No matter how positive a person can be, you get around somebody that's super toxic like that, and it starts to rub off on you as well. And I can remember that from my early uh, first couple of years as well, where just kind of doing, like, well, what did we do for this in the past? And well, we did this worksheet, we did this, and you know, so I kind of fell into that trap. And then, then again, you got there was a couple in that department that were just so negative all the time that they never had anything good to say. You could have the most beautiful day in the world, and they would figure out a way to say, "No, it's not that great. This is going on," or something like that. So, um, but having those two mentors, I think, would be great to do. Having that veteran that's been around for a while knows the system real well having that other one that can make that be the middleman quote unquote that kind of bridges the the super veteran versus the newbie and we had that in my uh site uh there we were a team of three i was a science teacher we had a math teacher so i had like 22 23 years experience the math teacher was about um like nine ten years experience and then we had a brand new just out of uh sac state um or uc davis he came out of uc davis um, brand new teacher, you know, 25, 24 years old. I mean, uh, brand, brand new. But I think the two of us, the two older experienced ones, um, being a little bit farther apart from each other, you know, I was able to show them some of the, you know, ins and outs of things, how things worked. Um, the math teacher was able to kind of help him develop some uh, time management and lessons and activities. I threw in some technology because that's what my experience was. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of having two maybe more diverse members uh, of a uh, induction team uh, to help those teachers. Um, I like that idea a lot. And you you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, you have the teachers that do go to specific induction, and then they come to pre-service with the rest of the teachers. And then there's always the district rah rah session, right? And a lot of people say this is where they get to drink the Kool Aid. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this is the culture of the district, and you know the you know i went to i went to that every year and you know don't get me wrong i i i love seeing all the teachers getting excited and 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 everything like that but the one time that i felt that it was relevant to me the one time that i felt it very beneficial was when the speaker 
of that session was a student. That's the, I mean, I, I still get chills when I remember it. Cause it was a, it was a little fourth or fifth year old, a uh, fifth grade girl. And she wrote a speech on, on how education uh, she perceives education and how her teachers have mentored her to become a better person and what she hopes for in the future. And it was all about, wow. you know, the teachers molding her and, 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 and being the most important people in her life. That was the most resonating uh, uh, beginning of the year speech I had ever heard. And I, I still wonder where that girl is because it was about eight years ago. So I wonder what college she's in now. But I think that is an important aspect of induction and pre-service. We need to get students coming in and talking to us to remind us why we do what we do. And to be bluntly honest, what we're doing wrong, right? What they would like to see changed. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, let's get students come in here and, and say, well, I'm bored in class. This is how you can make me unbored. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, turning us into an entertainment kind of situation. But I really want to talk about, you know, I want these kids to come in and say, how can you make, how can you help make learning more relevant to us? And I think that's one thing that is lacking at the beginning of the year is the student involvement. And I do know that, you know, you know, it, it could be difficult bringing kids in before school starts, right? They're still enjoying their summer. But leadership kids, you know, they would love to come in and talk. To, to teachers. They would love to come in and give their point of view. I truly think that is one thing we are absolutely missing. And 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 any listeners out there, if you have if you are in a district where you do that, we would love to hear that story. Because we always talk about having students be a part of the learning process, right? Having students become the creators of content. But that's during the school year. I want the students to be a part of the induction process to inspire the new teachers coming in so they can be reminded why they chose this profession. Come in to the beginning of the year, rah-rah session, you know, with all 6,000 teachers to remind them this is why you are here and celebrating, right? It's, it's not about the awards your school has earned in the past year. It's about the students you have inspired throughout your career. That's what I would like to talk about, right? And so... I would love to hear ideas uh, from from the group on on how you would see students uh, becoming more involved in that induction or uh, beginning of the year pre-service process. Well, I'd, um, I mean, in my district, we have a couple of high schools that uh, our eighth graders feed into, and um, every year they have the seniors come back and read how these. Uh, you know, teachers have inspired them and, you know, motivated them through high school, looking back on these six, sixth, seventh and eighth grade you know, teachers. Um, so I'd like to have maybe like eighth graders doing something like that to district wide saying, hey, look, you know, um, I was successful this year or I struggled this year. I mean, maybe get some students that maybe aren't the high academics, you know, super everything comes easy to me students, but I was a tough student. I struggled, I acted out, but let me explain to you how, you know, some of these teachers help me and guide me or what can we do differently next time, kind of stuff like that. Uh, so I think, you know, having those students create something that would help new teachers saying, this is what made me who I am today. This is, you know, good or bad. Um, do like a Flipgrid videos or, you know, record something and have it on a, a website for new teachers or even recruiting uh, teachers to say, look, this is what our students feel about our district and the teachers that are in here. Um, do something like that. No, I like that idea. Kyle, what about you? I mean, I mean, the in inspiration is what kicks off every single year. And to me, that kids inspire me. Um, Kyle, what would you do? With, I mean, what, what, how would you encourage students to be a part of this beginning of the year process to ensure teachers' perspectives are, are laser-sighted on student experience, advancement, and, um, and, and innovation within the classroom? A school I worked at a few years ago in Las Vegas, they actually have an alumni club for the school, kind of like, you know, your colleges have their alumni associations. They have an alumni club where the kids that graduated the previous year or the kids that graduated eight years prior, whatever it may be, 
they have different activities where they come back. And I'm not sure how they do it now, but I know that they were, I think they were trying to do something like kind of a testimonial kind of deal where they would highlight where these students are now, whether it's in college or in the military or if they're just out in the working world, whatever it may be. Uh, But part of their testimonial was, I'm here now because of this that happened at this school because because we were such a community at this school, that's why I'm I'm here now. Because of this teacher, this is why I am here now. Because of these activities that prepared me for college, that's why I'm here now. So those kinds of deals. And like I said, I, I've been away from that school now for a few years, and I'm not sure exactly how they do their testimonials. But if if schools had a way to involve the students that have left. So, Corey, in your case, you're at a middle school, so it'd probably be high school kids that would be doing the testimonials. And where at high school, it would be those that have graduated and moved on. But you could even do it with um, elementary schools where it could be middle and high school students. Well, even college age students, uh, you know, because I mean, I still, you know, 30 some odd years later, I still remember a lot of things about the teachers that I had in elementary school and the things that we did. And when I wrote, there, there's a bit in my book where I, I'm talking about those that inspired me. And there was a couple of my elementary teachers I'm talking about in the book. So if, if schools can make that connection with the students that were there previously, they can really build themselves up. And it's a great PR scheme for the school too, but by, by doing this. And then when these newbies come in or those new to the district come in and see these kinds of things, it could be a way to inspire them to be one of those where, you know, we're, we're not in it to, to get the accolades, but, uh, Whenever a student has contacted me to thank me, or if uh, if I was to appear in one of those testimonials from a kid, that that to me would be a great motivator. Well, I yeah, think I'll, you just, oh, that's a great ahead. idea. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm inspired now. I'm going to do that for the end of the year with my seventh graders. Um, you have to pick a teacher because we're at a K eight school, so it's kind of nice that um, I they have access to their you know teachers, most of them um, from kindergarten all the way up to seventh grade now. So I think I'm going to have them pick a teacher or an activity or a sport or a coach or somebody in their lives that helps, you know, them in some way um, from the office to outside of coaching or something like that um, and write a little small testimonial recorded on Flipgrid and have a, a page of video, I don't know, inspirational things like uh was that uh soul uh soup was that chicken, the, the book? chicken soup yeah so have something for like that for you know having students actually just something simple you know um i you know i would have loved to have that when i was a kid and having a real tough time in high school um we just talked about that uh last week in my class about um you know, it was called it's called a lollipop moment where you can really inspire somebody by something simple. It doesn't have to be something grand and, you know, superior. So why can't we do that with these new teachers coming in? Just something simple, like, you know, a little small uh, thing that would inspire them to, you know, um, be great and something and maybe get them, you know, I remember my first couple of years of, you know, teaching it was, it was stressful. I mean, you're trying to get all this stuff. You have a lot of, you know, admin looking at you, watching you. I would have loved to have at least one either student or teacher say you're doing the right thing. You know, this is amazing. I, you know, just a little small moment would have been great. Uh, so why not have something like that available for teachers to say, Hey, you know what? These students really, you know, you're inspiring them. So I'm going to do that in my class. Well, and what you said too, is that, there, you said the video and the writing piece. If you get it done soon enough, yearbooks nowadays, you, you could have some of those testimonials printed in the yearbook. And then also with things like HP Reveal, there's that AR kind of aspect now too, where you can include some of the videos in the yearbook. Um, and Or you could publish a, you know, you don't have to go crazy with it, you know, hardcover, make it like the yearbook company where it's all of a sudden $90, but where you could have like kind of a school testimonial book or something like that printed each year. And then, well, with Flipgrid, they've got that mixtapes feature where you could uh, select some of them and then push it out as a link uh, to the school community. And yeah, that's really Kyle, that's a, that's a great idea. Uh, uh, just HP reveal is no longer. I mean, it's still around. You can't make anymore now. They stopped that in April for some reason. 
Uh, and and I was I was super excited when Erasma was bought by HP. I'm like, oh yeah, now they're going to be doing a lot of stuff with it. But it seems like they phased it out. But the Flipgrid idea is phenomenal. Uh, you know, Flipgrid now has Flipgrid AR. So every video that is that is recorded now in Flipgrid has its own unique QR code that when you scan it with the Flipgrid app creates that HP reveal effect. So you're absolutely right. If they do it early enough, you know, they can include those QR codes and it could just say, you know, dear teachers um, or thank you teachers. And then just those videos they can scan, or you can just print out the pages um, of the QR codes and then hand them out to the teachers at the beginning of the year saying, scan some of these and listen to some of these testimonials. Cause that's what I used to do at the end of every year. I, I would have the students uh, do a activity called dear teacher. And I'd say, I want you to write me a letter um, and you don't have to add your name to it. And I'm not going to read these until the beginning of next year. So this is not going to affect your grade. Like, I want you to tell me what I did wrong. I want you to tell me what I did right. I want you to tell me which lab I should never get rid of. And I want you to tell me which lab I should definitely get rid of. And then I would, I'd like you to tell me uh, which, which lab can be salvaged by making some tweaks. And so I would ask the students, just give me all of this stuff. And, and, um, and I would also tell them, I go, and if you didn't like me, tell me that. I go, you know, tell me that, hey, hey, I don't like you, but say because, and then list the reasons why, so I can become better. I go, the only way that I can become a better teacher is if my students, you, can make me a better teacher. And you do that daily, but I want you to tell me how I'm doing so that I can do better. Imagine if every teacher did that in a Flipgrid, and they just call it Dear Teacher, and they use the pixelation function so it doesn't show the students' faces. And, and you just tell them, hey, be civil about it, but tell us what we're doing right and tell us what we're doing wrong. And play some of those at the beginning of the year so that it, during that beginning of the year process, we can refocus on, you know, these are what other teachers have done that really resonated with kids. And this is what other teachers are doing that did not resonate with kids. Mm -hmm. And it's not to call teachers out on you did it right or you did it wrong. It's to really better the culture of teaching to begin with. So, you know, uh, Corey, I like the idea of having them do that on a flip grid at the, at the end of the year so it can be shown at the beginning of the year, yeah. right? And, and so I, I, think, I think that's a great idea, Corey and, and, and Kyle. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I, and even maybe having students as part of the induction team as the, you know, bits of kind of stuff where you get a student that would like to help a new teacher out who would be honest and helpful and say, this is what students today are doing. Um, I mean, if we had free reign on uh, how we do that, I'd love to maybe throw in some students to be a part of that, you know, professional development and, you know, helping some new teachers or, you know, first tenure teachers or even, you know, veteran teachers too. I mean, I would love to get feedback. That's, I'm, I'm excited about maybe doing something like this now. You guys have inspired me. And, and you know, I, I think that's a, a much bigger impact than the end of the year reviews by your administrators, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, because, I mean, serious, I mean, I'm not an administrator. I'm not putting administrators down. I would never do that. I know they have a hard job and I know they work long hours just like educators do. But, you know, they, they come in and see snapshots yep. of certain things and they, they, they don't they don't get to see the actual, you know, community building that's happening throughout the entire year. And so when you go in and do your um, end of the year uh, review, they're, they're really only reviewing you on less than an hour of, of your, you know, multiple hours of teaching that you've done throughout the year. And, and, and sometimes they say things like, you, you know, I, I, I gave you a, you know, a high mark in technology because I saw it being used. I didn't know what you were doing with it, but the kids seemed to be engaged. Um, I think I, I don't see you involving the community at all. So I had to give you a low score on a community involvement. I'm like, you came in one day. You don't see how we do, you know, bring people in via uh, Flipgrid. You don't see how we bring people in, you know, via Google Hangouts. You know, we, we involve the community, but you're, you're, you're assessing me on, 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 the, on the, you know, less than one hour of time that you came in to watch me. Right. So to have the kids come in and be a part of that. And, and I'm not saying, you know, being part, you know, being part of, you know, the you know, they come in and, and, and you have the teachers being rated by the administrators. I mean, that, that that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is have the teachers, uh, maybe the administrators interview the students a little bit saying, hey, yeah. what do you think about the teacher? And, you know, what do you think about this? Kind of get a little student insight than just that pop in insight. What, what are your guys thoughts on that? That's actually a requirement for the teacher evaluation system in the state of Nevada, where they, an administrator writing an evaluation has to get student input. Oh, so like what'll happen is 
and I've seen this in action, and sometimes I haven't seen it in action, is when my administrator has been in conducting an observation, um, I have seen the administrator sit down with a group of students and is talking to them. And I, and I know that they're talking about me at that point. They're, they're asking questions. And then I, I may not remember that particular day when I see the evaluation a few months later, but then I will read that section of the evaluation where students report that Mr. Anderson blank. And that, and that is something that is in the evaluation because the state of Nevada requires that in our evaluation system. So um, that part's really nice. And another thing that most administrators that I have worked under over the past few years, we, in fact, it reminded me when we were talking about it that I need to actually get mine done, is that we are given a document, whether Microsoft Word, Google Doc, Sheet or whatever, with all of our standards and indicators in which we're going to be evaluated for the year. And then we rate ourselves where we think we're at and then the reason why on it. And you were saying, Joe, about how you came in for one hour, you're not seeing that stuff. So on that document, the administrator will also take into consideration some of those things are just not things that they're going to see on a daily basis. There are things that are really hard to see. So as long as you write in there, you you rate yourself and that doesn't go into your evaluation. So if you rate yourself a four across the board, that, that part's not going in because our scale is on one to four in the state of Nevada. But if I, I can go in and look at something and say, you know what, I am a four in technology because I'm doing these things and here's the proof that my students before were, were scoring here, but now they're doing this because we're using this technology. But then pieces like the community or the parent communication part that the administrator may not see, you write down what you think you are and the reasons why and provide the evidence for it. And then they can use that to put that into the evaluation. And it really, it gives the teacher a little bit of a say in how they're being evaluated at the same time, which I think is really important because you can have those administrators that for whatever reason, they they just don't like you or they have it out for you or whatever. But if you're doing that, that, that can uh, take a little bit off of a potential bad evaluation because that administrator just is, is using something against you at that point. And I'm not saying all administrators are like that. They're, they're not vindictive, but there are, there's been instances I know of people where that has been the case because they've messed up something. And then now somebody holds a grudge against them or something like that. There's a personality so, conflict too. I mean, there's always going to be, you know, differences of opinions, you know, if absolutely. you're doing something one way and the administrator doesn't agree with that, you know, a lot of times it's kind of a, I mean, I've seen that before in my experience too. It's like, uh, you know, this is a personality thing, but I like the idea of, you know, you being able to have, you know, evidence and proof and, you know, how do we go about, you know, giving those teachers that, that, uh, power to be able to evaluate themselves and reflect and use student feedback and student information to help in your evaluation process. I mean, and I, I actually it. conducted a session. Um, we did uh, through Q of Nevada, we did uh, a training. We did it for two days. Uh, the same thing each day where different administrators could come in depending on their schedule, where it was basically it was, it was tech tools for administrators is what it was. And I showed them how to use, things like Google Drive, Google Sheets, and different things in order to conduct their evaluations in a more efficient manner by being able to track. Because there were still some administrators walking in with clipboards and handwriting stuff out and then having to write it down into the system online where I, I my session was about showing them how they can type it up into Google Forms, Google Sheets, Google Docs, whatever, and then copy it and paste it into that system. But also... The short time I was administrator, I created a f folder in Google Drive for each of the teachers that I was doing writing their evaluation, and then I gave them a shared document and said, whenever you have evidence of something, put it in here, whether it's something you want to write into this document or if you have something else, like you have a lesson plan or if you have pictures or something, put those in this folder so now that I can see that stuff, because again, there's sometimes you're just not going to see those things, and that session, I, I I don't know if a lot of those administrators went out and used that stuff because there was no follow-up at all, um, which I now in hindsight, I should have said, you know, I'd like to check in with you in a few months and see how this is going. But it, it was something that I know worked for me, and I hope it worked for others after I did that session. 
No, hey, that's a great idea. I mean, that that kind of goes in the line of what we ask students to do in the classroom, right? You know, to to have a binder and 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 be able to document your learning progress. You know, whether it's a digital binder or a regular binder, that's what we ask our students to do to 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 remind themselves of their learning progress. And so, I think that's a great idea to have the administrators do. And in fact, there's a lot of things that teachers do in the classroom that I think administrators should to take a hold of. Like when when I was in the classroom, I created a Google form. Um, that automatically linked to a Google Sheet that used VLOOKUP that created um, a, uh, a, a, um, a formule email. And so what I would do is when I saw a student doing something great in class, I just re really quickly bring that form up, type in, hey, you know, we would, I saw you doing this, and it would shoot them an email saying, hey, you know, this is Mr. Marquez. I just wanted to say that I super appreciate your, you know, this in class. And they would just fill in those, those areas. And the kids loved it because I would just do it really quickly. And the kids are like, how did you, you know, take the time to write that to me before I left class? The kids loved it. And then I heard at, at Q, maybe last year or two years ago, Brent Cooley, an administrator out of, uh, I, I think he's by by your neck of the woods, Corey. Uh, Brent Cooley, oh. he... He no, he's southern. He's southern California. Is he, is he southern California? Between, um, I think Temecula and San Diego. But yeah, okay. he's a he's a solid dude. So I'm really in, I'm really excited to hear what you're going to say. Yeah, well, he he did the same idea, right? I mean, he didn't get it from me. He did it all on his own. But he did the same thing uh, during his walkthroughs at his schools. He would have a Google form all pre-made, and it would have little fields he'd fill in, and he and it wouldn't be their official uh, reviews, but he'd just do pop-ins. And um, he would, you know, see what the teachers were doing. And he said, he would say, I like when you did this or that. And it, at, before he left, he would hit, you know, uh, submit on the Google form. And it would automatically, through Autocrat, the, uh, the, the add-on in Google Sheets, it would automatically send that teacher a, uh, a school-headed um, PDF of like a letter saying, thank you. I walked into your class. I saw you doing this. I wanted to say you're doing a great job. But it was all pre-written because you just fill in those fields. And he goes, even though it wasn't official reviews, the teachers appreciated that. And, and they, they, they appreciated the fact that I, 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 was, I, was, I was going in and, and not writing anything negative. It was always, I appreciated seeing you doing this. And so I, I thought that was a great idea uh, from, from Brent um, doing that uh, around his school. So, I mean, I think that's something administrators should incorporate as well. And that was well, something I, I, I emphasized when I did that session where – in the past, when it was just a handwritten thing, or even if they typed it up on like a standard Microsoft Word document before Microsoft uh, started doing like the share functions like Google, it was something still you're supposed to follow up within the next few days where they would call you in and go over your observation and give you your feedback. So you sat there in purgatory for the next few days. Hey, I wonder what they wrote. So because yep. I saw them, I saw them typing stuff down or furiously writing on their clipboard. I wonder what they wrote. And then yeah. three, four, five days later, whatever you'd go in, you'd find out. Whereas with Brent's uh, email that got sent out instantly or whether it was something where you, it was typed up on the, the shared document, that teacher could go in as soon as that person left and look and see what was written. And then when that conversation happened a couple of days later, they had the time to reflect and prepare for that conversation. Yeah, well, I've you know I'm being evaluated this year. And the hardest thing I had to do was try to show evidence of you know the lesson and the learning and stuff like that because I do everything digital. It's on the computer, and I had to handwrite my you know uh, reflections and you know uh, say, well, look at the Google you know sheets that we made. Um, I'd be cool to have something like that with um, uh, a Google form, a sheet, and then have the you know teachers the uh, the ones being observed. Hey, upload some evidence. You know, uh, put a hyperlink to your uh, uh, worksheet or the um, activity that you did, or um, upload a photo of you know the kids doing stuff. So I think a lot of possibilities here with uh, Google Forms and Sheets and documents and all stuff like that, to where we can put together like a Bitsa kind of program where they can get immediate feedback you can get you know other people's inputs you can do all kinds of stuff like that i think that's a fantastic idea to merge all this stuff together um and have like a digital bits of program you know that's great and and you know actually brent at at that at that session i was at that he presented at he, he gave a whole uh a whole um a list of of forms he already made and so I think I'll, I'll share that with, with, with us in the group and we can put it in our show notes because it's the forms already pre-made 
and ready to go. And you just choose the one you want and change the names um, that you need. So we'll definitely include those because I think that's a great idea. And, and, you know, listeners are probably saying, well, why are we talking about all this when, when you said it's talking about, you know, pre-service and induction as, as the topic, which well, because, you know, these are things that administ- we want administrators to be talking about as well, right? Teachers should not just be the ones doing induction or, or pre-service, you know, administrators should be going, Oh, I, I wonder if, if we can do it this way, or I wonder if we could be doing it that way. So when we're talking about this stuff, hopefully we have administrators listening or we have uh, teachers listening that can go to their administrators and say, Hey, maybe we should change things up a little bit. Right. And, and this goes to the line of, you know, new teachers have great ideas. So let's include those ideas in the new things that we're doing. When, when, when I, when I first started teaching, uh, one of my, one, one of, I mean, one of my really good friends now, Pete Chopigian, um, who, who was kind of like my mentor, um, he, we would be in our, our PLC during my first two years of teaching. He goes, man, isn't going to be nice. And, and, you know, when you have tenure in, 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 in a year or in, in two years, we can, you can finally speak your mind. Right. So it, it kind of made me feel like I, I couldn't say anything because, you know, within those first two years, the school district can let you go for any reason. So you don't want to rock the boat. But in those first two years, that's when you want to get the insight of the new teachers, yep. knowing what's working and what's not. And so the idea of you can't, you, you can't speak your mind your first two years until you get tenure, I think actually hinders the process of changing induction. Because after those two years, maybe you forgot <laughs> about what was difficult in those first two years. So I, I really think that there should be a, 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 there should be a process that you know, the new teachers – you know, give their opinions without, yes. w- without fear, right. Of reprisal or, or anything like that. Um, just, just to help out the district saying, Oh, you know what, this is what new teachers are saying. Maybe we are a little bit outdated in this. Maybe we should update this a little bit. I think those little tidbits can really move induction or, or beginning of the year activities forward a little bit. And that's where I think the anonymous Google form or the Microsoft form comes into play where occasionally send that out, especially to the newbies and get that feedback and, and see where people are at, what worked, what could be improved, all of those things. And then another thing, I I honestly have never done one, and I'm not sure how many school districts do this, but the exit interview, where when a teacher leaves the district, whether it's because they're moving to a new one or if they're moving to a new city or if it's they're just burnt out and they're not teaching anymore, whatever it may be, I think that a district and a school should conduct an exit interview to kind of gauge why is this person leaving and what kinds of things did went well during the time they were at that school or in that district, what things could be improved. So, cause when I left my old district, they, it was just kind of, I signed the paperwork saying I'm not returning next year. And then that was it. So I, I would have loved to have been able to give some sort of feedback on some things that the district was doing very well and some things that I felt they weren't doing very well uh, in order to help them improve. I, I think you are right on Kyle, right? You, totally. you, if, if you have a turnover, I mean, you're hiring new teachers because you're having turnover of teachers, right? You don't, you don't want this merry-go-round of, of cyclical hiring and then leaving. Well, number one, it, it costs the district money to do induction, right? The, when you have teachers leave and new teachers coming in, that's extra money you're spending because you had a teacher leave and you have to bring another one in. So why did they leave? is an incredibly important part of the induction process because it creates the induction process. And and Kyle, I think you're dead on saying it should be a requirement of a district to conduct that, but also it should be done in person because sometimes I, I see an email saying, oh, we notice you're leaving. Why are you leaving? And you don't know where that's going or who's going to read that. When when I left my district, um, I, I, I left... Um, I don't want to say I left under protest, but, but I left because of a situation that happened with me that I didn't agree with. And, you know, when I was, when I was, you know, talking to, you know, the higher ups about myself leaving, you know, they kept reminding me, well, remember you have, you know, uh, you know, 30 months to come back and, and you have job rights still and this and that, but in, in a way that it made me sound like, you know, you, you, if, if you don't say something good, <laughs> then, then, you know, that, that, that could be hindered a little bit. And, you know, I'm not saying that they did that on purpose, but that's the way I felt, you know, when I was leaving. So I didn't want to fill that format. I wanted to talk to somebody face to face and say, look, you know, I love this district. I I, I, in a million years never thought I was going to leave. But this is the situation that happened to me. And this is why I'm leaving. Right. If, If there was another process to help remedy what happened, then then I would consider staying. But because there's not, this is why I'm leaving. 
You know, I just wanted to talk to somebody, you know, face to face to say something like that. But that never really happened. Right. And so so I think sometimes if you can talk to a teacher before they make the decision of leaving, you can remedy things. But sometimes teachers just throw their hands up in the air saying, I've had it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore, which once again creates that cyclical cycle of teachers leaving and having to hire new ones. So, the, the, you know, part of the exit interview directly relates back to the induction process the following year. So, Kyle, I think you're dead on that. I think it should be a requirement for every district to conduct that in, that that exit interview, but in a way that truly gets down to the nitty gritty of why are you leaving and what could we have done to keep you? I and think it, that's the important part. And it has to happen, I think, at the school level, too, because even within districts, you leave one school within a district for another I think it would be beneficial to the school to have that exit interview as well because it could be as simple as I'm going to this school because it's five minutes from my house versus 30 minutes from my house. Or there could be an underlying problem that maybe it's known, maybe it's not known. But if that person can provide feedback to the principal and the team of that school, they can start working on that versus just, oh, well, we just lost another person and now we got to hire somebody else new in. And like you said, it's just a cycle where every year you've got 20 people are leaving that school and they're hiring in 20 more. And then your turnover rate for the entire school ends up being every five years, every person that was there five years prior is gone. And that's not good for students, right? No. When, when, when you have teachers who have enough time to to learn and innovate and reflect and grow and then have a new when you have that process and it works great you you have a really great teacher on your hands but if you have if 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 the national trend happens where you know you know teachers leave before their fifth year you know you're getting this cycle of just teachers that are on the cusp of getting it but not a hundred percent there and and I, I don't want to say 100% there because no teacher is ever going to be 100% there. But the the more you have a teacher on campus willing to learn and grow, collaborate and communicate, you know, what's working, what's not, the better that teacher becomes, the better that school becomes, the better your students become. That's where real growth happens. And, and, and once again, I think that's what's happening across, across the nation is, you know, we always say we have this teacher shortage, but there's a couple of things that I think that's, that, that, that's, that's either causing it or, 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 you know, one of the one of the aspects of it. And, and number one is that, you know, sometimes teachers aren't treated as professionals, right? Teachers are professionals. And, you know, they, they went to school just as long as all the other professionals. They went to a, a credential program, right? They went through all these things to become a better teacher. And they're constantly being told how to do things and what to do instead of, you know, saying, hey, here's a new way of doing it or, hey, hey, look at that. So I think that's one aspect of it. Another aspect, of course, is always pay, right? I mean, teachers are are, are, um, are, are part of a professional organization, but they have one of the lowest pays uh, of, 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 of any profession um, and, and also lowest growth, right? And I, I was reading an article the other day that since 1994, um, uh, all other professions grew a, a certain percentage and then teaching profession grew less. I was like, well, I'm thinking, why is that? And so once again, that's part of that induction process. Um, because you're having teachers coming and going because they're not happy with certain situations. So if they can sit down with administrators and talk it through and, and, and board members and talk it through, you know, I think the induction process can be that much better because number one, you have less turnover. So the induction group is going to be smaller every year, which means they can become a more tight knit group and get a lot more things done than just a larger group. Right. And so everything comes together when we talk about these things. Right. So when we're talking about induction, yeah, we're talking about new teachers coming in, but why are they coming in? It's not necessarily because of population growth. It's because you have teachers who are leaving. So, and I think, so I think I'm glad you brought this up, Kyle, because I think that's a huge part. Why are they leaving? What is going on? It could be something that the administrators can actually attainably change, but it can also just be something, a conversation can happen throughout the district. Well, I'd take it to another level too. And like maybe you know, again, if I had my opportunity to run induction um, every year, I would um, set aside time to interview all of my teachers at, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, what worked, what didn't work, um, do an exit interview almost for the entire staff. So I can start getting a feeling of, you know, what's next and really focus on those new teachers, the mid teachers and the um, experienced teachers. But, you know, make it more personal. I mean, every year I fill out this little, you know, blue piece of paper that says, you know, what did we do well? What did we not do well? What worked as a school? I think it's very impersonal. 
when you have to fill out a piece of paper. I don't think I'm as honest if I'm sitting face to face looking at somebody in the eye and given the freedom to express, you know, good and, you know, opportunities for improvement. I don't say bad stuff, but, you know, opportunities for improvement. If I'm sitting face to face with somebody who can make that decision, maybe I can influence what happens next year and those second year teachers will have a even better year. So yeah. I take it another level in this interview, every teacher set aside that time, make carve out that time. If it's important, you're going to find a way to make that time as an administrator to, you know, make it personal. Yep. Absolutely. Kyle, Kyle what would you, what would you do to change, to change induction? Um, I've seen some pretty great things last couple of years in the district where I'm at now. And, uh, I really like how they've done induction between bringing us in a couple of months before the school year started. Um, when I was, when I was new, I, I went in in June and did, and I got a lot of the, a lot of the logistical stuff out of the way, like signing up for insurance and, uh, a lot of the HR type stuff that got that out of the way in June. So I didn't have to worry about that come August when it was time to start getting ready for the actual school year. But at the same time, though, a nice little day of refresher for that stuff would have been nice, too, just because all of a sudden now I'm like, wait, how do I contact the dental insurance? That kind of deal. Um, but ha having those days ahead of time and then the three days at the actual school site before school starts and then throughout the year in my new district, we just had a quick like. 15, 20 minute meeting, how's things going with um, kind of like the site leader for the induction program. So seen a lot of great things, um, but a lot of the stuff that we touched on here, you know, having the exit interviews and getting the students involved and getting the community involved in the whole induction process. I think that we touched on some really good stuff here in that if we can inspire people to spark that conversation and get this to kind of spread a little bit, uh, I think induction programs are on the around the states that where we're at and even the country could really start to change for the better. Yeah. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. Kyle. I think we touched on a lot of great ideas and, and, you know, it's, you know, it, and once again, we have to let everybody know we're not administrators, right? I mean, but we, we try to be campus leaders, but we're not administrators. So we don't know 100% the ins and outs of why things are included all the time in induction and why things are scheduled a certain way. And it's, it varies across, you know, district and it varies across states, you know, so we don't know all the ins and outs of it. So our, our discussion is just our thoughts from our perspective. So we just want to make sure that's, that's clear. But, but we also need to understand that, you know, teachers are here to change the world. Right. Teachers are here to make a difference. Teachers get into the teaching profession because they, they want to make difference in the lives of, of kids, which will then grow into uh, great citizens, which will then change the world. Right. And I always say we change the world from the ground up. And that's why induction inspires me, because those are new teachers who are going to make differences and change the world. But we also have to look at it on the second side of the coin, saying the reason there's induction is because there's leaving. Why are teachers leaving? We have to be reminded of that, right? And so the idea of collecting true, honest opinions of why teachers are leaving are important to the induction process. It's a cyclical cycle. It's a feedback cycle that works on each other. We have to remind ourselves that, that we are in this to make a difference. And if we have support of administrators who truly know what we're doing in the classroom, we can make that difference. But when teachers feel that they're, uh, what they're doing is, 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 not, uh, is not showing administrators what they can truly do, if teachers feel that you know, the, the, the short pop-ins that, that happen for their, uh, for their rating um, is not really reflective of who they are, if they feel that their, their concerns and, and ideas fall on deaf ears, you're, you're going you're gonna to get that turnover. Right. And so I would say one big thing, not only for induction, not only for pre-service, but throughout the entire year, you know, there has to be collaboration between teachers, students, parents and administrators. There needs to be great communication. There needs to be critical thinking happening, going on there, saying these are things that should change. And here's my ideas of how to make those changes. Right. And so just like the four C's that we talk about, just like those four C's. We need those encouraged within the teaching profession. And so I just want to make sure the listeners know that we are just passionate educators. We don't know all the answers. And you may be thinking some of the things we threw out there are just not going to work. And that's completely fine. 
But we wanted to make sure that we know that we care about you. We care about kids. We care about districts. We care about schools. We care about you. And we just wanted to make sure that, you know what? Change happens through conversation. So we wanted to start that conversation. So we just want to make sure that everybody knows that we care and that communication is what can make that change. And so I, in, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Corey. I, say, I want to, my final thought is I think every school district needs to have a Sons of Technology clubhouse. <laughs> uh, just everyone, every district, you have a clubhouse, have a place that you can go and just talk and, you know, hang out with friends. Because I think that's what this clubhouse should be about is just sharing all these cool things. That's what I love about this uh, opportunity that we have every couple of weeks. So um, I think every district should have a, a clubhouse. And, and listeners, you know, we love the fact that you are with us and that you are part of our clubhouse. And we have our Flipgrid link that we would love for you to jump on, uh, kind of like Greg Rice at the beginning of this episode. Um, he's a member of the EdTech Army because he went on our Flipgrid link and he recorded that intro. So we can put you on the beginning of the show if um, you're a member of our EdTech Army. Uh, we'll put you on there if you do that Flipgrid video link. And that's, that's a great conclusion, right? Because you can be doing a great thing in your classroom, but until you really voice your opinions, you, you can't really make that change. So you, that's what the EdTech Army is all about, being a part of a movement, being a part of that change, and being a part of the communication cycle that can truly implement that change. Because if we are silent, nothing happens. If we're complacent, nothing happens. So you may not agree with everything that we've said, but at least that started a spark in your brain saying what works and may, may, may not work. So we just want to make sure that you guys know that we appreciate you. We appreciate what you do. We appreciate your profession and we appreciate your dedication to our kids. So in conclusion, we just want to say, keep on moving, keep on teaching, keep on inspiring and keep on innovating. And that's what Sons of Technology is all about. That's what this clubhouse is all about. And that's what we do here at the clubhouse table. So thank you so much for listening to us today. Thank you so much for being a part of the EdTech Army. And thank you so much for being a teacher. Have a great day.